listening to the New Mamas Podcast. Hey everyone, it's your host, Lena Forrestal, and today my guest is Lauren Young, a mom and head of growth at Future. Today, we're going to be chatting about our tips to make parenting more sustainable. Lauren is on a mission to make parenting as sustainable as possible, and together, we're going to get real about the challenges, misconceptions, and share helpful tips and swaps to make your parenting life more sustainable. This topic is near and dear to my heart. As many of you listeners know, my husband and I traded our big city life for a six-acre farm, and sustainability and clean living are one of the things that we are most passionate about. Lauren, welcome to the podcast. Tell us a little bit more about you and your family. So excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Yeah. Hi, everyone. My name is Lauren and I am a mama to a 10-month-old, which is wild. I'm like, where is time gone? I'm currently located in Minneapolis, Minnesota, but moved here about two years ago from Portland, Oregon, and just moved during the pandemic because of pandemic things. My family's here. We were thinking about a baby and felt like if this continues much longer, my parents may potentially never get to see their grandson. So here we are in Blizzardy, Minnesota. Blizzardy, Minnesota. And a 10-month-old. Yeah. How have these first 10 months been? They have been, I think I like... I don't know if you've seen the memes, but like they say, when you have an easy baby, then their toddler years are insanity. (gasps) Like we have the easy baby and I'm just like bracing myself for two is kind of where I feel like my head's at. My son is like, he's just smiley and happy. I mean, today he's sick, but he's smiley and happy and just like such a great little personality. But I'm just like, is this, are we just getting lulled into like a false (laughs) sense of security? (laughs) And then he's just going to be a wild two-year-old. So we'll see. You know, I haven't seen that meme, but now I'm scared because my baby was actually, my son was pretty easy too. Yeah. Oh no. What is in store for us? I know. I know. (laughs) Oh, and they call it, they call easy babies baby bait because it makes you thinking about, oh, well, if they're all this easy, I could have 10 of you. So that's what, yeah. Absolutely. And I loved being pregnant. So I'm like, Let's do this. Let's have all the kids. So here we are. Me (laughs) too. Yeah, I actually love to hear that because I don't hear that a lot from a lot of women. I mean, it's the experience is so different for everybody. I particularly enjoyed being pregnant, which surprised me. I felt like it was just, I don't know, it felt really good. Like my hormones weren't so crazy. Like I actually felt more sane than I did not being pregnant. What about you? Like, what did you love most about pregnancy? I've been pregnant now twice. We lost our first pregnancy at 20 weeks. And then this, it's okay. It's okay. Um, And then the second one, they were both very similar. Like I had different symptoms. Like, obviously I didn't have a symptomless pregnancy, but for some reason being pregnant kind of just made me feel like in my body, like home, secure, like in a space where I'm like supposed to be. I don't know how else to explain it, but it was more like an energetic thing than anything else. I So I totally understand what you're saying because like that's how I think of birth. Like birth, like I really just feel like it's so clear. It's going to sound so cheesy, but it really just felt like an inner goddess in me just exploded. Like it was so, yes. it was just so cool like it's just so cool it is the female body is wild even just like nursing and knowing that my son's sick today and my body is creating antibodies for hit whatever sickness he has like blows my mind every day yeah isn't that crazy i know i feel like i need to have someone on the podcast that can like scientifically break down breastfeeding and all of that because we know i know that that's what happens. But then how? Like, I want to know all this science. I know. I know you do. Yeah. But anyway, let's get into sustainability. So first of all, this is the biggest shopping season of the year. We just had Black Friday and Cyber Monday and are now moving into December, which is a big gift giving month for a lot of people. What are your favorite gifts to consider that are more sustainable? So the first thing I always think about when giving gifts is like overconsumption, which is one of the least sustainable things we do as a culture, especially here in the US. So when it's when it comes to new mamas, 
I think about sticking to the registry. Like I'm sure that mama put a lot of time into what they have on their registry, why they have it on their registry. And like the best and most sustainable thing I can do is gift what they want and need. And like when we were going through our baby shower and registry phase, I was like, unabashedly returning stuff that wasn't on our registry because I was like, I only want to bring stuff into my space that I need. And I put a lot of time and effort into this knowing how we live as a family. So I think that's one, like don't over gift. And then when you do like thinking about like the materials things are made of and where you're purchasing is really important. Like I have a two-year-old niece and for Christmas, I got her like a little wooden bowling set and like wood is a much more sustainable material than plastic. So that's one of the things that I always think about, like wherever I can cut plastic out, I opt for like wood, silicone, metal, and glass, like if at all possible. And then also I think when it comes to like the birthing mama's partner, I think one of the best gifts you can do is like an experience or just like time. (laughs) time alone like go to the gym I've got the baby or like what one thing my partner did before birth was literally nerd out on everything birth read all the books packed my hospital bag did a bunch of prep so then when I was going into birth I didn't have to like think about it because I knew they had it and I didn't have to like deal with it and like that was the best gift I could have ever gotten like way better than any push present was like I just didn't have to worry (laughs) I agree. I will take not having to worry as a gift any day of the week. That's I like that you also mentioned the type of materials that you tend to stick to. I think a lot of people don't think about that for toys. Like in particular, I really like the brand Green Toys. Like my son really loves their trucks. They're made with 100% recycled plastic and they are such good quality. They're durable and they're also dishwasher safe. They're also made in the USA. So for toys, that's so just one of the brands that I like to stick to. And then overconsumption. What a great point. Like as much as you want to overgift, like it's such a sweet thought, but a lot of people are buried in their stuff, especially in the US, because we do have this overconsumption mindset. I mean, even just thinking about all the sales, like I definitely bought stuff I didn't need this weekend, even though I tried really consciously to not purchase anything. You just end up these marketing emails. I'm telling you, they get you. They know what they're doing. They know the every colors. Every single time. Every single time. But, but I also, one of the other things that I think is really helpful is subscription services. Ooh. Like I used to work at Love Every and they have like, B, they're B Corp certified wood, organic cotton. I know it's a little bit more pricey, but that's something where like, my kid is set when it comes to toys. I don't need to bring more toys in. We go to Target. I don't need to buy more toys. Like I know, like my child is set. If I do really want to purchase for a newborn and like want to splurge, their play gym is amazing. But to me, it's like, these are things I've tested. I've actually worked at the company. I know I can like back and like be very comfortable with gifting to someone, even if it's not on a registry. I agree. I think any mom out there would be so happy to get a Love Every subscription. I have so many times wanted to purchase it for my son, but it is pricey. So giving it as a gift, like that's a wonderful gift. So if you're listening and you're pregnant and maybe you're creating a registry, definitely add in a Love Every subscription onto there because it is... Oh, and their newborn play gym really is amazing. That I did buy and I... I swear by it. Like, I think it's, I I kept it for hopefully if we have another child, like kept it so that way we can use it again. Oh, for sure. And that's like a great grandparent gift. Mm -hmm. Like grandparents will spoil like a baby a little bit. So, you know, if you really want to spend the money, here's like, here's a great grandparent gift. Yeah, that's it. And I'm kind of jealous that you used to work there. Like when I saw that, I like did a little LinkedIn stalking. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, it was really fun. That's cool. And then my other tip is don't be afraid to gift secondhand items to your kids. So my son's two and a half. And he's still like, honestly, he wouldn't know any different if it's in a package bought new or not. They're just going to be excited about getting a new toy. That's all he cares about, honestly. Is he getting a new trucker tractor? Yes. Then he's really happy. Although really, right now he's really in the Peppa Pig 
your son is still a little still a little young probably to get into like those things but you'll who know i'm curious what's like when your son is too like what's gonna be like all the rage because i feel like all of these things are they come in waves but what i really like about shopping secondhand or even renting is that it promotes a circular economy and For our listeners, I'd like to explain that concept really quick. So in our current economy, we buy something that's made of materials and it's made net new. And then when we use it, we when we're done with it, we throw it in the trash and it unfortunately gets turned into waste. But in a circular economy, it as you can imagine, kind of goes in a circle where rather than purchasing brand new and then having that item turned to waste, we are encouraging it to live a longer lifespan. So you're not asking companies to make more products. Because if you buy a brand new, let's say, I don't know, anything, buy a brand new water bottle, water bottle, for example. (laughs) I know I'm like, wait, I don't know what to use, even though I have 10 tons of items. When I buy it, someone at the store then has to order another one from that company. And what that company says is, oh, there must be demand for this product. Let's make more of them. Net new, like I said. So they just keep producing more and more, which produces more waste. So that's why secondhand or renting is just kind of an easy and cost-effective way for you to contribute back to the earth. Absolutely. I do a lot of that gifting aside, like just with my son in general is secondhand is like a majority of his clothing. Me too. And it's like, you can get some amazing, like amazing stuff secondhand, like brand new. Yes. And it's so much more inexpensive. It's super cute. And he doesn't have the same outfit on as every other kid that is at daycare or wherever. Like he he gets to look like unique (laughs) and like he has his own little personality right now. It's like my personality projected on him. But at some point he'll get to like pick out his own clothes and he'll have like a whole closet of things that no one else has. Yeah, that's so cool. And yeah, it is so true because you get like every Every little kid is like what's in Target's right now. Like, let's say Target's winter season, like they're all wearing like the same thing. You get to be a little bit different and get things from maybe past seasons or even other stores that you wouldn't normally shop at. And I yeah, Facebook Marketplace, that's where I do a lot of shopping Um Sometimes different areas will have like kids consignment stores and that's always really fun. Yeah, I love I love that. I'm glad that you do that too. Yeah, I love um, actually one of our partners at Future Card is Everlasting Wardrobe, which is also a kids rental clothing space, which is really interesting just because I mean, in the last three months, my son grew three inches. So like what he was wearing three months ago, it looks insane now. So something like that, (laughs) something like that is just great because I don't have to worry about, okay, I just spent all this money literally three months ago. And now I have to go out and do that again for a whole new wardrobe. So um, I love that. I also purchase a lot from, I know this sounds really crazy, but the real real has like, I don't know if you've ever heard of the brand Hannah Anderson. Yes. It's like organic. Okay. They have Hannah Anderson discounted on the real real. What? So like, I, yes. <laughs> yes. So I purchase on the real real a lot as well, um, which is amazing because, yeah, I don't have to worry about spending like $35 for PJs. Uh, yes. And I have been there. I have purchased. Hannah, okay, Hannah Anderson forever. I think I'm sure a lot of moms do know if you don't know Hannah Anderson, their quality is just so good. And they have so many cute matching family sets. I I think that's what they're most known for. They make other stuff too. But say for Christmas or other holidays, they make these like really adorable flannel matching sets. I didn't know that they had them available at the real real. That is yes. such a good tip. And then you mentioned Future's partner, Ever Everlasting. Ever, Everlasting Wardrobe. Everlasting Wardrobe and kids kids clothing rental. Do you know enough about that to share a little bit more or I don't know a ton about like their business model and how it works, but for me, I go there for like special things. So like mm. his Christmas outfit or like we had to go to a wedding or you know like those sorts of things where like is he wearing a suit ever again? <laughs> 
at nine months. No, you know, like, and I don't know what baby number two will be, if it'll be a boy or a girl or, you know, like down the road. So I'm like, why would I purchase that? So those sorts of things I think are a great use case for that. That's brilliant because I actually never thought of that. But now that you mention it, yeah, like the or like family photo outfits, like my son doesn't really wear button down shirts every day of his life. Like I really didn't didn't really want to buy it. I thrifted it, but I still don't need that piece of clothing in my house. So that is such a great use case. I love that. Yeah. And we'll yeah. and we'll definitely need to hear more about future and the Visa debit card. I I love that so many great points. What are some of your favorite tips to make parenting more sustainable? So the thing that I did right away, like going back to the registry was like my partner and I sat down and we're like, how are we going to bring this little life into our world? Uh, Right now we live in a loft in downtown. We travel a lot for work. And I was like, okay, so what are the items that we like can bring into our small little space that we need and that we need to like be able to travel or be able to do whatever we need to do like with this little human. So that was the first thing was like just being mindful of what we're bringing in and like how that works. The other thing I I talked about it, like paying attention to materials when you do bring things in, because obviously from newborn phase to now I have to purchase things. So just I still keep materials in mind. And then I think one of the biggest things that I was told and I didn't listen to, and then I did it anyway, was I bought newborn clothing because I was like, they're going to be so tiny and they're going to be clothes that fit. And like, I bought, like I overpurchased for sure on a couple items and newborn clothing was one of them. And I think one of my biggest things before baby and now is like, do you need it? And will they fit it for any amount of time? My son came home in a newborn onesie with his knees. Like he was a really (laughs) long baby. He was like a, I think he was a 21 or 22 inch baby, which is like the average baby is like 19 inches. So he came home in like a onesie with his knees and his chest, like could barely fit in his car seat. just like looked all a mess. And I was like in this this is why people told me not to do that. But like we live in a society in which if you need something, you can go out and get it probably that day. So when it comes to the things that you're like, oh, I just want it because it's cute. Or like, I want it because someone said or a blog said or whatever it may be, like just wait and live for a second. And then purchase is like something that's, I'm still like, Lauren, do you need it? Like, I still have to check myself because like the baby market, it just is like, it tugs at your heartstrings. Oh yeah. I made that mistake up and down. Oh, so, so your son, you probably bought NB, which is newborn, but then he probably only fit into zero to three months. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing happened to me. I have, I have stuff that's NB like newborn size with tags on it. That just oh yeah yeah we'll and then see. I just yeah. feel so bad like it sits in my closet I'm like and these are items that I didn't now what do I do like I, I'm keeping them for baby number two and like that's a, I guess another sustainable thing like if you are purchasing things just be mindful of if you're planning on more than one child like purchasing things that you will use again so like I did a lot of gender neutral I did a lot of like we got the snoo we definitely bought into the whole snoo situation but we bought it and then I'm gonna definitely use it for baby number two and in the meantime I've been lending it out to family and friends you know so like trying to get as much use out of the items as possible knowing that baby's kind of like fly through items is is another thing that I'm like really trying to pay attention to. I love that. I think a lot of moms, I, I don't forget. So sorry, this new, I love that you bought it because it's a high price point and that now you're lending it to friends. So again, promoting that whole circular economy, my friend and I actually just split. So if you're going to buy something brand new, here's an idea for all you mamas listening, do you have a friend that is maybe pregnant before you or trying to get pregnant so you can use the same item, but at different stages? So my friend and I went in on, is it the Mamaru or the Snoo? I don't even know what we went in on, but it was one of those like really expensive bassinets that I really wanted to try for baby number two because my son first time around was a uh, a crap sleeper. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I think that's partially my fault. I did all the wrong things. I held, I held him, like I nursed to sleep. I did all like the classically wrong things they say you're not supposed to do, but whatever. But we went, we split it halves and she has it. She's going to use it. She's pregnant now. She's going to use it for her child. And then once that child has outgrown it, she's going to give it to me and I'm going to use it for hopefully my second child. And, and then we're going to sell it and split the cost. And it's just like so great to have a friend to do that with because again, yes. like I, I feel guilty. I'm sure you're the same way. Like I feel guilty buying things brand new sometimes. Yes, I definitely do. And like the whole thing of like, it takes a village. I feel like we've strayed so far from like community raising of children and like these types of things were things that you just like a community would share, like a bassinet, like in different cultures and different, you just around the world, communities share these things anyways. So like, why do I need a brand new one? Because it might be like, quote unquote, icky or whatever from like a baby before, like wash the sheets. I don't like, you know, like it's just insanity to need to buy everything brand new. And of course, like everything brand new and plastic. I feel like we we should always add that in the U.S. Like everything brand new and everything like brightly colored plastic with lights. <laughs> yes. I Yes. Okay. We should just take that quote and that's the whole podcast. Goodbye. No, I'm just kidding. No, but that <laughs> and is we're done. And we're done because that was a great quote. No, it's so true. Exactly. Like we have strayed so far from the it takes a village, but it really it really does. And I mean, I live rural, like rurally, but I did make a couple friends in the area that were all moms with kids around the same age. And we do help each other out in that way. And we all met on Instagram. I know it's hard to make friends. That's the other thing. Like as an adult, like sometimes it's just hard. It's hard to make friends. It's like awkward to make friends as an adult. Like there's some, I don't know if you've seen the memes where it's like getting the courage to ask another mom for her phone number. And like, it's almost like a date. Like, do you want to like go out for coffee sometimes? Yes. <laughs> so oh my funny. gosh. It's so real. My partner is that person who like will always go up to people and be like, will you be our friend? Oh, that's so like, good. I'm jealous. I wish my partner yeah. had done that. Yeah, it's just we are we are in the same boat. Part of why we moved back from the West Coast to be near family is we just had a community here. Mm -hmm. But I am also a huge fan of like Facebook mom groups. I feel like that's been like, that's a great place to sell things like this new we found our nanny there. Um, like, like, there's just so many communities out there, you just kind of have to like, take the step into it and be okay with like feeling awkward a little bit yes everyone i feel like that's what i try to tell myself is that it's everyone feels awkward doing it like i don't think there's one person that's like i feel totally cool asking someone for their phone number and i feel zero awkward like i feel like i mean i could be wrong but i feel like everybody has to have a little bit of something um but that's a great tip i didn't do this the first time around but when i have a second baby i want to try to cloth diaper in the newborn phase and thinking about it a lot and well number one diapers are <laughs> super super expensive Two, like I, the stats out there for like the type of waste that they add to the landfills is absurd i should have researched some stats to share on the pod but you can all Google it. It's basically diapers are just terrible for the earth. Most of them, there are brands like Kudos diapers. They're all cloth. Like there are more sustainable options, but again, they're ex they're expensive and that's not honestly accessible to everybody. But that's why I want to try to cloth diaper because newborn poop and pee is so mild that I think it's doable. I say that now. I might be eating my words, but I'm going to try it. Luck. Good luck to you. I, <laughs> She's like, good we, luck. <laughs> Have yeah, fun with that. <laughs> we thought about it for like a second. And then I was like, we travel too much. I am not. I personally am not here for like carrying poop around in our diaper bag. No. Um, it sounds like I such just, a fun hobby. <laughs> like I am not. So I think, but I also think about sustainability. There's like give and takes. Like you don't have to be like 100% in and do all the things right. Like for me, diapering was one place where I was like, okay, I've put so much research and time into all the other items that are like coming into our ecosystem um, in our home that I'll give myself 
the diapers and I'll just try and find the best that I can like live with. So I think it's give and take. Hey everyone, it's your host, Lena Forrestal, taking a quick break from this podcast episode to ask you to support the show. I do this show because I love it. And as a self-funded creator, your support can help me pay for things like podcast hosting and an editor. So here's how you can help. Share this episode with a mom friend, caretaker, or soon-to-be mom friend. Leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you wanted to throw me some coins, you can donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash newmamaspodcast. Any little bit helps, and I appreciate your support. Finally, give me a follow on Instagram at Lena Forrestal. I love meeting my listeners, so definitely send me a DM and introduce yourself. Now, let's get back to the show. I think for everyone listening, it's just important to remember to start small. Like you might not be able to collect rainwater to shower with or do cloth diapering. Like maybe that's not, that's just not an option for you for whatever reason. And it's okay. There's no shame around that too. If you just simply don't want to, that is okay. But there are other small steps we can make, like even just swapping out like plastic straws is, you know, that's made a big thing culturally, like most takeout places and restaurants have eliminated them, but maybe you can swap those out in your home or try to use some of those silicone reusable snack bags instead of like, you know, the the Ziploc bags. That's one of my like little tips for making parenting more sustainable. Uh, There's this brand Stasher. They make these silicone grade I'm obsessed with them. They're my favorite brand. My whole diaper bag is Stasher bags. Oh, no kidding. That's good. I actually only have, I have one Stasher bag and then I have another, I think actually it's Ziploc. Ziploc started to make their own silicone bags. And what I really like about them is that they are dishwasher safe as well. Same Mm -hmm. with Stasher. Again, it's just kind of, it's just convenient. I think as moms, like we really are looking for things that are like sustainable options that are on the convenient side. Yeah. So they're awesome. They also have really they, good sales. I put, yeah, they have good bundle sales. And that was one thing I put on my registry was stash bags. And then like, I didn't have to put there again, a little bit more spendy, but I have not had to re-up on them. I don't foresee needing to, they don't break. They're great. Put them in the dishwasher. Like don't have to worry about it. And someone else gifted them to us. <laughs> so like, I didn't have to, I didn't have to, put out that money for that. Yeah. And plastic bags, like one bad for the environment, but then two also they do, it will add up like, yes, that Sasher bag, like maybe it's 12. I forget what the price is. I think I paid like $10 for the bag I have. However, I am not buying plastic bags. Like we haven't bought plastic bags, plastic snack bags for our house. I don't know. And since I bought it because we just simply don't need it. So yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. What do you think are some of the misconceptions around sustainability? So I know I've been saying like, okay, it's a little bit more expensive, but I don't think that that is always true across the board. Like I think a lot of people think sustainability is just far more expensive and therefore it's not for them. I don't think that's true. I think like secondhand clothing, going thrifting, consignment stores, Facebook marketplace, all of those places, you're probably going to find brands that you know, potentially are way more expensive new. And if you get them reused, you could potentially be slashing like 60 to 70% of the cost. So I think being intentional about like secondhand really important when it comes to trying to mitigate the cost of quote unquote sustainability. And we kind of touched on it before, like it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Like you don't have to be vegan and only use silicone bags and cloth diaper and do this and like only bring wood toys into your home. Like that I just don't think is realistic. And the whole parenting world is so judgmental and like opinionated already to put that on yourself is like, I have to do it all right, right off the bat is just another place that you're like, opening yourself up to vulnerability in a space that's already going to make you feel insecure. So I think that's another one that's like really important to like keep in mind and have compassion with yourself. Like you can do it little by little and like individual tiny little actions build up into like 
really lasting change. Absolutely. Like absolutely like just the small steps like do contribute. Like even just thinking about in your like in your own life. Like have you ever wanted to do something? I I'm just gonna use lose weight because I know it's ugh, kind of a weird topic, but it's just a journey that I went on recently. Like losing weight, like a small, very small step that I took like having, I just, I drink these like little smoothies every day, tons of omega threes and lots of good fats, whatever. But just that small step, like made such a big difference in my body over the span of a year. I didn't have to eat a strict, you know, I didn't have to go all or nothing. Like, you don't have, I didn't have to like count my macros and not eat pizza, not eat cake and not eat brownies. Like, no, it can, you can actually make a small step. So that goes for a lot of things. Yeah. The parenting world. And it's like, I mean, I've, I have unfollowed a lot of influencers over the span of my motherhood journey, but there was a time where I followed a ton of neutral, colored, white wall, everything, wood toys, only Instagram moms. And I felt really bad about myself. No, but it's so true, though. It's so true. Like, and Instagram does not help. Instagram doesn't help in that, like, you get fed all these things that are also like really greenwashed. And I don't know if you like know what greenwashing means, but like marketing, I'm a marketer. So Mm -hmm. like, this is my bread and butter. And we use buzzwords to grab your attention and make you think something is maybe what it isn't. And at Future Card, we don't do that. But a lot of brands are like, it's green, it's clean, it's sustainable, it's whatever, but they don't have the backing to actually prove any of that. And then they throw a ton of money at Facebook and Instagram to make sure you see it when you're scrolling through your feed. And that's just another way that I feel like parents feel insecure or like judged or just like they're bad parents for not being able to afford what this is or like not having the perfect put together nursery that looks, you know, like it should be an architectural digest. Like that's just not <laughs> real. <laughs> not my nursery. Definitely not. Um, no, me either. <laughs> actually, my nursery isn't even finished being set up yet. And my son's two and a half. <laughs> amazing so amazing funny? i'm all for it in my nursery our washer and dryers are <laughs> like, here we are no but you bring up an important point about greenwashing there i was just trying to google it while you were talking there was a children's brand that got in real hot water maybe a year or two ago for greenwashing like they made their all their branding look very you know like card you know cardboard and neutrals and upon further digging their clothes were actually not sustainable or contributed in a good way to the environment at all so a lot of like just be i guess be careful too of some of the messaging out there like do your research like yeah that's a it's a very yeah, good point i feel like I feel like as a part of my mom journey has just become being a research professional. Yeah. <laughs> like that. I do so much Googling and like looking at brands about me pages and like working practices pages and just try to as best as I can understand where items are coming from. Like also living in a marketing world and a marketing space and like understanding how that works very intimately. Yeah, I just want to do my part. And if it's, you know, an added maybe like five minutes when I'm looking at a purchase, I'm okay with spending five minutes doing a little research. Yeah, I think a lot of us moms have become research professionals, especially since there's so many recalls on so many children's items as well. Like I think even I for, the product that my friend and I went in on, I think it's the Mamaru. It had a recall recently and we did see it and made the conscious effort to still purchase because they had fixed the issue. But you have, I feel like as a, you have to do your research because there are like, it's, it's like your tidy child that's going in or playing with these products. Why do you think, and we may have touched upon this already, but why do you think some parents are intimidated by the concept of parenting more sustainably? Yeah, I think kind of what I mentioned about like the, just the judgment in the space. Like I know both sides of parenting, like parents who are just like, I'm going to do whatever's easy and like parenting at a very convenient manner, which is perfectly fine is how I'm going to do it. So like Amazon, Costco, all the things like this Mm -hmm. is how I'm going to do it. And I live for it. Good for you. Like perfectly fine. And then there's the parents on the other side who are like, 
my child will never eat meat in my child. Like I only make my own baby foods and I only, you know, do this, that, and the other again, also very fine, but like being somewhere in the middle is where I think 90% of us live. We need to be compassionate with that. You know, like it's okay to be where you're at and have goals of being somewhere else and just start making small steps towards that. So I think like my big word in my parenting journey has been compassion just for myself, for other parents, for like the caregivers who come into my son's life, for just like across the board compassion. And I think the biggest place I have to like mindfully practice that is with myself and my expectations. And sustainability is no different, like managing your expectations for your ability to get stuff done. Also note, if you're like a first time mom or about to have a baby, like the time you think you have, you don't. (laughs) like you just don't and so like I thought I was like I can manage this by like section I'm very type a so I was like from nine to ten will be this and from this time to this time will be this and then he'll eat and then he'll nap and I'm like oh well like very quickly that is just flew out the window so I think that expectation in mind when it comes to like parenting sustainably is like you don't know what you don't know and that's perfectly okay yes and I love the picture that you drew for us of the extremes, like the two extremes of parenting styles when it comes to sustainability. Recognize that what you do see on Instagram like is not real, that most people do live in that middle. Like for me, for example, my family doesn't, we don't eat meat. My husband and I, we eat dairy and we have been shamed by some vegan friends for still consuming dairy. However, we feel like we're still doing our part when it comes to animal cruelty and the sustainable effects that meat has or raising cattle have in in the world and it's it's okay to be like i i love love every toys and i love montessori style but we also have some crazy loud colorful toys as well like it's okay to be in the middle like it really like i wonder i wonder societally when did this all start to shift into these like weird extremes you know what i mean like i wonder Like, I'd love to get like a deep dive on that. Like, I'm sure there's like studies everywhere on like why we as a culture are just like going into our corners of like, I only do it this way. mm -hmm. And so I'm only going to like view it. Well, I wonder if it's just social media because your algorithm feeds you exactly what you want to see. So like, I'm sure there's a study out there that could probably prove this point. But like, I bet. Instagram, when Instagram started and like really took off as a marketing tool is when that started to happen because Mm -hmm. you started to be fed exactly what you wanted to see. And then that's what you thought you needed to be. Yeah, I don't know that for truth, but I would bet quite a bit of money on it. I love that. That's probably really true because like I think the reason why I got fed so many like neutral white colored walls, wooden toy only influencers was because I I liked that aesthetic, like looks nice, like very Scandinavian, very cool, calming to my calming to my visuals, like not a lot of visual clutter. But then the more you like the photos, the more you get served up those same ones. And then you start to feel bad about yourself because that doesn't that's not what my house looks like. So yeah, it's a it's an interesting thing to think about. But mm-hmm. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think a lot of parents are intimidated by the concept of parenting more sustainably because of the cost and also the time and thinking that they have to be all or nothing. I see a lot of that with eating meat as well. Like a lot of families that I've talked to think that they're like, well, well we could never, we could never not eat meat. I'm like, but you don't need to not eat meat. You could just try meatless Mondays or like meatless Fridays, like you can just eliminate it from one or two days and it already is making a difference. So that's interesting. Absolutely. Absolutely. My family's the same way. We don't eat meat, but we dabble in fish here and there. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's worked for us, but it, we went the, like, we were vegan and then it just wasn't sustainable, like through pregnancy. And I was like, I just couldn't do it. And then now here we are and it's a great balance and it's worked out great. Yeah. No, same. So we've go back and forth and like we, but you know what it also is? I think 
Like I would say, I feel like I do eat majority plant-based, but I don't call myself that because I do eat like dairy. Like I like goat cheese and, but I think people really like labels. I think, and of course, like I like labels too. I'm not immune from this at all, but I think as human beings, maybe it's, it's natural for us to seek like a metaphysical home, like calling Mm. yourself a vegan or calling yourself a Montessori only mom. Like I feel like that maybe it feels comforting in that, you know, that there's a like-minded group of people that are in that like circle you and hug you versus being kind of in the middle. You're kind of everywhere and nowhere at once. So maybe it's that human beings crave. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I also think being I think it's like, there's so many different reasons and why, and I'm sure there's like, again, a bunch of research out there, but I feel like we're all just doing our best trying to Mm -hmm. make it through this world. And sometimes you just need like a respite of like, I know this is like who I am and I'm just going to like kind of go and be with those people for a little bit. And I don't want to keep like forging my way down this path by myself. Like I need my community. So like a label makes that very easy to do. Like my son's a Montessori kid and like I can find the Montessori Facebook group and Mm -hmm. that's exact. like I know it's comfortable over there. But like, what about Waldorf or what about like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. something else, you know, like, and so it just gets exhausting sometimes trying to like constantly walk down the path on your own and be like, I'm fine just as an individual. Like sometimes I want to be like a label is an easy way to do that. Boom. You solved it for us, Lauren. (laughs) We'll see. I could just be throwing stuff out there and be like, people, people are going to listen to this and be like. Uh, she's interesting. She's got weird theories. <laughs> no, I I love it. So you mentioned that we're all just trying to do our best, and Future Card Visa is one of the ways that we that can help you do your best to be a more sustainable parent. Do you want to tell us all about Future Card Visa? Yeah, Future Card Visa is a debit card, and what we're doing is we're trying to. We've talked this whole conversation about like these little things that you can do to be more sustainable and um, future card visa debit card gives cashback rewards for all purchases at 1% and then at sustainable businesses at 5%. And then we have a group of partners, we call our future partners where you get 6% cashback. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to create this ecosystem in which um, you get rewarded for doing these small actions that we've been talking about this whole time. So say you're going to the grocery store and you're purchasing plant-based meat, you know, like that would be a 5% cashback item or nice. you want to take public transit. That would be a 5% cashback item. And then we have our future partners like Everlasting Wardrobe, which you would get 6% cash back renting clothes for those family photos or for your holiday outfit or what wedding outfit for your child um, or whatever it may be. And um, so we're just trying to make it if it does seem more expensive to you or just like out of just out of your reach, we're trying to make it a little bit more accessible for people to get involved in sustainability and making purchases that will benefit not only your wallet, but also our planet. I love that. And I feel like this is a timely conversation because I think a lot of people in the new year try to set goals around sustainability, like reducing plastic and living a more like a clean, more clean living life. So future card visa might be a great option for those to help give you some incentive to stick to your sustainability goals. Yeah, we're I mean, and we have a blog. So when you get the card right now, it's a digital card. Our hard cards are coming out, I think, in the next month with the microchip shortage. They've been delayed. But um, right now it's a digital card. So you just go to the app store, look up future card. Um, You can get your card. You take a whole onboarding process. And then within the app, we also create resources um, like blog content to give you these little tips and tricks of like for Halloween. We did a whole bunch of content on how to be a little bit more sustainable throughout the course of your child's Halloween festivities or um, through the holidays, we'll be doing more blogs on like how to host more sustainably or Black Friday purchasing. And like we had a whole blog on um, our partners and the discounts and deals that they were doing over Black Friday, but also different items we were looking at and um, during Black Friday sales that were more sustainable. So we also try and make it like a holistic education tool 
through blogs and content like that in our app and on our website. Yeah, that's great. And I was fishing around your blogs before this call. I noticed you have a lot of great gift guides. So if anyone's looking for a little bit of help in the gift department, the gift guides, it definitely gave me some great ideas. So check it check it out. How can people apply or get a future card? Yep. So you apply it through our app, um, Seamless Onboarding, so that you can find both in the Google Play and um, Apple App Store. You can find us for... We also post a lot of this educational content on our social media feed, which is at the feature card. Um, And on our website, we just are trying to make it a little bit easier on those that are curious and want to do what's right for climate change in our planet, but potentially don't know where to start or just need a little push in the right direction. And um, yeah, we're trying to create this really cool ecosystem of uh, sustainable purchases. One of the things that I found really cool before I even started working with the company was the goal is to make my individual action in combination with your individual action in combination with, you know, my neighbor's individual action actually add up to something that is impactful. Um, I think a lot of people think sustainability and climate change can only be combated through government change or corporate change. But if you add what I'm doing plus my neighbor plus my family plus whatever is doing all together like we can do this in small actions like all the things we've talked about today as well as you know other things outside of just babies um and really make a change I love that and it's a debit card you said it's a debit card it's yes a debit yes. card not a credit card so even though so let's say my bank is TD Bank like I can still get a future card. Yes. So there's no credit pull. Credit pull. It's a debit card because we wanted to make it as accessible as possible. So no credit pull, no monthly fees, no interest. Um, you just get the card and then you fund it in a plethora of different ways. You can link your own bank card. Uh, sorry, ah. bank account. You can Venmo, Cash App, Apple Pay, um, and then you fund it and you're ready to go. Wait, and you get cash back though, like the percent. Yes. Yes. So the cashback, like, say I got PJs at the real real, which is a 5% sustainable partner, then, um, you know, I spent $100 at the real real, I would get $5 back. Um, And that would go right into my account as what we call climate points, which are our rewards points. And then um, at any point in time, you can trade those in for cash. That is a really good deal. Like my actual bank debit card doesn't even do that. Yeah. Wow. So we're really excited about it. We're really excited about it. Yeah. I feel like everyone should know about this. Like, for example, I rent from Newly, N-U-U-L-Y every month. It's like a, it's like just a clothing, like you get to pick out clothes. It's all like free people, made well, like all like the bra- all the brands that I like that I can't afford, anthropology. But you rent it and I feel like that's already, that's already cash back. And I'm sure I make so many other purchases that I don't even even realize that will turn into cash back. And like I said, my my own debit card doesn't even do that. So that sounds like yeah, a pretty good yeah. deal to me. Yeah, yeah. It's we're really excited about it. Again, we're just trying to make this whole fight against climate change and, you know, doing what's right for our earth and our world for our children as easy and accessible as we possibly can. Um, and the team behind Future Card is just like a bunch of brilliant minds. And I am like so thankful to work at Future Card, like brilliant minds who are like really, really passionate about this. And um, so you can rest easy in that like this is legitimate and we're really trying to do what's right for for you, for me, for our kids, for everyone. We're like, we're just trying to to do our part. I love it. Tell us where everyone can connect with you and find Future Card Visa debit card. Yeah. So um, our social handles for Future Card are at the, at the Future Card. And then my personal social is um, Lauren Ellis underscore Y. Yay. Lauren, thank you so much for being here with me today. I really thank love having you. you. It's been such a great conversation and um, I really, really appreciate you having me. Yeah, you'll have to keep me. You'll have to um, update me when your son turns two of <laughs> if if he gets like crazier or like, but I think like I kind of 
don't know if I believe that because my son was mellow and he's still pretty mellow at two and a half. He's a little bit, he's clingy and a little bit of a pain in the ass sometimes, but he's, he's still mellow. Okay. Okay. So I like him holding hope. Maybe this is just too much time, like diving into parenting TikTok. (laughs) And I'm just like setting myself up for anxiety that I shouldn't hold on to. (laughs) No. Oh my God. Don't be anxious at all. You're most likely like your son's going to be as chill as he is as a baby. I hope so. I hope so. He's just, he's the best. He's been, it's been so fun. I feel like we're at the age now where we're like getting to know him, which is just a blast. Yeah. It really does change. Like they're, when they're little personality, when they're, when they can hold their head up and like sit and start to crawl, I feel like life starts to kind of, I don't know, take a different turn. But for the longest time, like they're just little, like cute little blobs. Yeah, you just need to like feed and change. Yeah, they're basically a Tamagotchi. Yeah, yes, absolutely, absolutely. So funny. All right, Lauren, we'll have a great day. And for everyone listening, as always, I will include everything in the show notes. Catch us back next week for the next episode. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on the New Mamas podcast. This podcast was created to help first-time moms everywhere navigate this new stage of life and talk about the honest and the raw moments in motherhood. I'm your host, Lena Forrestal. I'm a working mom by day and a blogger, photographer, and podcaster by mid-afternoon. And as a first-time mom myself, I'm on this journey with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And if you did, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite listening platform. You can donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash newmamaspodcast. Stay in touch by following us on Instagram at newmamaspodcast and Lena Forrestal. Thanks again and stay tuned next week for the next episode. Bye.